Am I doing the intro or is, is somebody else taking that privilege tonight? I don't know. Well, don't all rush into it at once. You don't want to do it tonight? I'll do it. I don't mind. Josh is sitting there doing nose goes. Hey, you remember this game? Nah, that's not below your waist. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> that'd be awkward. <laughs> you have to stand up. <laughs> fall out of the chair like Karina. Shut up. <laughs> no, shut up. How'd that go? That is a family secret. Oh, it's not anymore. <laughs> All right. Look, Ugh. Karina was like trying to reach back or some shit. And- no, I was trying to scoot my chair out. Okay, she was trying to on the rug, and I guess the chair caught in her momentum and physics. She fell backwards. I looked, and she's just laying with like her hand in the trash can, and her laying on the ground. Yeah, I was trying to catch myself <clears throat> on the trash can, and all it did was like allow me to slowly slide myself down, so I didn't completely eat shit. But yes, I did end up on my back with my hand like in the trash can. <laughs> That's epic. I'm not going to tell anybody else. Well, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, we good go. thing I could just edit this out. Huh? You shouldn't, though. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable. In case you couldn't guess it, it's me, Ricky Hayes. We got my wife, Karina Hayes, right here. Hello, hello. And then we got the wonderful, the one, the only, Josh motherfucking Chambers. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I just have to say, how come Josh always gets these like magnificent intros and outros and I just get, this is my wife, Karina. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, man? Look, you really want to get into this right now? Kinda. Okay, so Josh gets a wonderful intro. You get a half million dollar house. Fair trade. Okay. All right. All right. I can live with it. All right. You're gonna have to turn the volume down there on your phone. Why don't you just? You know what? I'm just like quiet. Okay. Just you. Just be quiet. Okay, you can start talking now. <laughs> oh, I'm allowed to. Okay, all right, great. And that's why Josh gets the intros right there. <laughs> all right, guys, sorry. Anyways, everyone, thank you. Welcome back. Welcome back. Tonight, we are going to be recapping episode 17, which is called Dead Drop. No, Drop, drop dead. dead. Drop Dead, Dead Drop. Drop Dead, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what this really should be called is... CP right said Fred. Right said Fred. Jesus Christ, Josh. <laughs> I'm too sexy for my headphones. Too sexy for my headphones. Ooh. But really, this episode should have been called CT's episode because that's really what this all was. It was uh, basically a tribute episode to CT's greatness. 
I mean, I mean, yeah, that's kind of a fair assessment, especially considering how we kicked the episode off. We get this awesome scene of, you know, CT. We, we've gotten some some family calls home this season. Right. Um, but I don't I can't think of a single season where we've ever seen a phone call between CT and literally anybody else. And so we get a phone call between CT and Lily. And of course, CJ hops on at one point. Super, super cute. I absolutely love this moment. I know a bunch of people thought it was just like kind of cheesy and obviously it was filler, but it was just really nice to see like and see Lily just be so accepting. And, you know, everybody kind of has this like idea that Lily doesn't like CT doing these challenges and stuff. And so to see her being playful and flirty and, you know, all that kind of stuff, it, it just, I don't know. I really liked it. Look, I'm, I'm going to hop in real quick. Anyone that thought that was corny has never had a son because you have a son in that age range, which I don't know, three to seven is what I'm guessing the ballpark is. You got to get hyped about everything, flex on him, all that. So I mean, that was just, that looked like everyday life to me, at least. Right. Then the little interaction between him and his son, show me the guns, you know, daddy's going to try and get that ice cream money. Yeah. And he told him, he was like, you know, daddy's got to take care of some bad guys right now. I was just like, yeah. Secret location. Yes. I loved it. So cute. It's just, it was just really nice. And I, I I just, as a CT fan, I, I love seeing that side, that fatherly side. Obviously he doesn't, like share a whole lot of that on Instagram. So we get just a little bit of what Lily's willing to share on Instagram. So it was nice to get this extra little bit from, from MTV as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think this is like the first interaction we've seen with CT and his family since probably when he came back on invasions, when he had that little home video with him and CJ. Yeah. Well, I mean, and then after that, we got, we got the CTs getting married, but I mean, since then, and I mean, and and it's understandable. I obviously the fans blew up and got pissed about Lily and you know, how she was portrayed on the show, which by the way, I think is bullshit. So stupid. But you know, so I mean, I kind of see why he kind of shields his family from the fans, but at the same time, it was just, again, it, it was really nice to get this little, inside look at him interacting with his wife and his son so precious absolutely agreed i like it i i've been on record saying this a couple times including with amanda and a few other people Corey. i like the interactions when they have their calls and we get to see it because it shows them once again as more than just the character they're edited edited i have the hardest time with that word i gotta come up with a (laughs) with like a different saying for that edited there we go uh version of them that mtv presents we actually get just a kind of a a raw moment of conversation between them and the loved one and it makes them more endearing in my opinion yeah well and i mean and funny that you bring Corey up because we we get on to the next scene and you know a man we get a little bit of a manuel story in this and of course I don't know if anybody knew this, but Emmanuel is here doing this for his family. What is actually really impressive about this is Emmanuel went, has gone the entire season. And obviously this is his rookie season. He's gone the entire season without seeing in an elimination. And that's just like, that's crazy, especially because when you factor in the fact that all the vets had that truce at the beginning of the season and they were actively going after all the rookies. Like Emmanuel has played an incredible game when you really break down what should have happened to him this season. 
he he should have had many opportunities of of going into the elimination. He just made the right bonds at the right time. I mean, you weren't going to throw him in too early, but because other people put marks on their backs, but he definitely made the right connection. Yeah, I mean, I think it helped quite a bit that he was paired up with Casey the whole beginning of the season. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of the same thing that happened with Leroy the year before. Like, Leroy and Casey dominated, you know, was that 36? Just absolutely dominated season 36. And then, if I remember correctly, Emmanuel and Casey uh, won a couple dailies as partners did they not yeah yeah they did and i mean they even just even in the coming in the top three it was a consistent thing for them when we were in the partner stage of the season and that you know and yes casey is an incredible competitor she's you know got a lot of abilities and a lot of things that she brings to a partnership but a manuel does as well you know he He's got a lot of really great endurance. He's strong. He's smart. You know, he's got a lot of drive. That man has no quit from what we've seen. So, you know, they were just like you said, that was just a really good pair. He obviously, if I don't know if everybody remembers, but he was the first one to on 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 episode one on the first daily. He was the first one to get to the vets to be able to pick his partner. And so he had his pick of anybody there and he picked Casey and it paid off for him. Nice foreshadowing there, like throwing in the endurance and the speed. I like it. Well played, yeah. Macbeth. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what exactly are in those notes? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, and I I enjoyed the conversation that Emmanuel and, and Tori were having. It, it showed another aspect of them growing closer and, you know, that bond forming. I was waiting the whole time for her to say something like, you know, oh, you want to go to L.A.? I got a friend that looks just like you out there. <laughs> I'm joking, Tori. I love you, but it's 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 such a funny joke. I can't not use it. Well, see, yeah, I'm that... glad you didn't use that last weekend. I I, I have decorum with our guests. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. <laughs> you should triple wordplay. As he told Tori that she made a bad move. Yes, I have so much decorum with our guests. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm very objective, but I am honest. But I say it with tact. Yes, you do. Okay, thank you. I do want to point out, though, I'm not sure how many people know this because it was something that I caught while I, on a live with Emmanuel. But Emmanuel has actually had his own encounters with Jordan. And I guess that... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I oh, do tell. Story. That is a good story. <laughs> so we're on a live with Emmanuel and some things are going on. I'm not going to talk about it right now because there's still some things kind of under wrap. Josh, I will let you know on the sly um, after this. But anyway, so we were all on a live and Emmanuel was talking and somebody had brought up, you know, who he thinks are kind of like the best people from challenge history, best competitors. I think that was me. It, actually, it may have been you, I think, because you were in that live as well. Anyway, so someone had asked him who he thought was, you know, the best out of previous competitors. And he named off a couple of females named, you know, named off like bananas and CT. And then he said, Jordan, and someone asked him, would you do a season with Jordan? He was like, I, I would love to do a season with Jordan. And he was like, I just don't think he likes me very much. In fact, he's come onto a couple of my pictures and he keeps calling me discount Jordan. I died laughing. I am now on the hunt for which pictures Jordan is commenting on of a Manuel's that he is apparently referring to a Manuel as discount Jordan. And 
That's just oh wow. <laughs> if this is true, this is so great because look, it just goes to show that even as much as these people are on TV, they're normal people just like us, and they like to be petty occasionally. Yeah. So kind of like I mean, artwork. It, it's funny that we're talking. Oh, shut up! It's funny that we're talking about <laughs> Portland and and whatnot in Jordan because you know. A few people know, not even just in our group, but a few others outside of our group, uh, know that I drove to Portland today to take pictures uh, in front of the real world house that is no longer there. But yeah, you know, there's Jordan and, you know, you have to give a shout out to Marlon. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. And, but Emmanuel also has the moves like Jagger. He does. I mean, broken dance. I'm not gonna lie. We, we, we talk about Gabo's Instagram and his lives and how entertaining he is, but I was anytime that I come across Emmanuel's, I'm just like, yeah, I can't do that. Great moves, but I can't do that. He, yeah, he's amazing. I've, I've seen quite a few of his dancing videos. Like you said, he posts them on Instagram. I've gone to the YouTube and watched, you know, some of his videos and, and stuff like that. And he's really good. And that's another thing that just kind of adds to his ability. You know, he's been dancing for so long and you have to have endurance. You have to have strength. You have to have, you know, control, uh, you know, to be able to move like that. And so I don't know. I, I, I personally am impressed with Emmanuel. I know that a lot of the fans are not fans of him right this moment, but I, I, I like him. I like him. I like Emmanuel a lot. The more I've watched this season go on, I've enjoyed him. I think he's entertaining. Not a lot of drama, but that's understandable. Being a rookie, you want to kind of just be a wallflower and blend in because that's what's best for their game to not be noticed and not thrown in. And we, as much as everybody else preach, do what's best for your game to win a million dollars. So I'm good with it. Uh, with that being said, I would like to see him with a, a little bit of a rivalry going on, like create some excitement. Yeah. See how he handles that. Who, who would he be rivals with, though? Like, well, I mean, the obvious, oh, from this season, um, I mean, given Kyle. enough time, Kyle, yeah, Kyle, Kyle, maybe Devin, Kyle, yeah, maybe even Devin. Yeah, I guess I could see that if I mean, he called Kyle out for being too scared to pick him. If if he was still in the game, maybe Fessy. OK, I could see that. I don't know. I feel like they might work together. They they very may well or they they might. But Josh, don't do that to me. <laughs> Don't do that to me. They might work together. I don't know. I mean, it's it's all hypothetical. Who, yeah. Who fucking anyway, knows? Sorry, exactly. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I personally think it would be a flip of a coin 50-50, or as Nelson would say, 33%. So after we get done... <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm sorry, Nelly. Gee, I, bro, if you... Nelly, if you ever hear this, I'm one of your biggest fans. I'm going to crack jokes about you, but I love me some Scuba Nelly. Yeah, it's just all that love. out there. It's all love. Anyways, Josh, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> so after we get done watching Emmanuel lay on the grass talking to your sweet Tori, we move right into the daily. He's talking to you, Karina, not me. No, I'm pretty sure he was talking to you. Uh, well, I heard the edit that's coming out tomorrow um, or s the last Sunday when this comes out, I guess. I hate doing the timings things. It's like the back and I'm like back to the future. It'll already be out by yeah. the time this comes out. I'm like, out. it comes out Sunday, which is tomorrow. But by the time you hear this, it'll been two days ago that it already came out. And okay, somewhere so in there, right now, somewhere in there, we need a DeLorean and a Plu we need DeLorean, Plutonium and, and to go 88 miles an hour. And we're there. 
anyways, during the Tory interview at the end, Karina's talking about how excited she was. And she goes, I was so nervous. I just felt like I was going to puke the whole time. Like this is Tori's number one fan right over here. As much as I want to say I am, it's really her. Anybody else gets the number of that bus? What bus? The one he just drove over. <laughs> I don't think she minds that. What? Why are you looking at me like that? Because you're gorgeous. Oh, God. Moving on. What were you saying, Josh? <laughs> I'm sorry. See, it works when you're married. Just, I'm sorry. Ugh. Take notes, Devin. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to catch that shit. <laughs> oh, God. This is going to be such a loose love recap. You. I love it. We've got a lot going on, but we're going to get through this. You know, you're just going to come on a journey. Josh is laying down. He's pulling a CT at a reunion, but we're here. No, for I, it. no I'm pulling Anissa. You're uh, pulling the Anissa. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you got some iced coffee because I sure as hell do. I do not. I just got my oh. parade. <laughs> I didn't notice that was grape flavored. So kudos to you. Anyway. So for the daily challenge, it was heights over water, but it wasn't trivia. So let down there, but it was a pretty cool idea. So basically there was a plank with these padded obstacles that each cell would have to run across to get to the other side where there would be these canisters waiting for them. They'd have to retrieve a canister and then run back. Now that sounds relatively easy until you think about the other two cells have balls attached to ropes that, that they're throwing at you, trying to knock you off this plank boils down to whoever gets the most canisters over to their side within the fastest amount of time wins. The other part is if you get dropped with a canister, that canister is out. So you can't retrieve it and try to run to get. Right. Yeah. And then you have to climb back up that, I guess, kind of ladder. I don't that those ladders are ridiculous, though. Oh, my God. Like, I'm not even going to front and try to make fun of anyone on that because I don't I couldn't have climbed that ladder. I'm, I'm going to make fun of one person on that for sure. No, I can't. I can't even front. I couldn't do it. So I don't. Uh, I'm not saying that I could do it, but I could at least try. <clears throat> Amanda. <clears throat> Hey, I mean, we'll get she, to that though. We'll get to that though. Look, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be kind of upfront. She did try. She did get up there a second time because she got hit really fucking hard. <laughs> and we'll get into that some more. So, anyways, the daily starts off with Emerald and Sapphire throwing the balls, and oh, I'm sorry, no, Emerald and Ruby throwing the balls, and Sapphire going first. Sapphire team being made up, of course, of Emmy, Kyle, and CT, Uncle right. CT, Uncle CT. Sapphire kicks it off and Kyle obviously just struggle bussing right from the get. Can't seem to get across these things. Emmy is absolutely terrified. She has a little moment where she has one of her emotional breakdowns. She's crying. She's screaming. She's freaking out because she doesn't even want to cross this thing. You know, and CT's like, just please just try. Just go. Just try. So she goes and of course she gets the shit knocked out of her and gets knocked into the water. And so already at this point, you're kind of like I was looking at this daily and I'm like, it, it reminds me we've seen dailies like this before, right? We saw something like this on uh, Rivals 2 when CT and Wes were partnered. And I believe it was even called Frog Smash. And they they had remember they were sitting in those little buckets and they could release themselves to swing themselves down to try to knock knock off the people trying to cross the plank. What was funny is when they played that in Rivals 2, 
nobody swung on CT and West. They let them just cross and win the daily. So it wasn't even like CT really like had a whole lot of practice with this before, even though he'd already seen one. But we see T- we see CT take his turn and he gets across this thing like it's no problem. Like he's just taking a stroll on the beach, like walks across it. I don't even think any of the of the little bombs even touch him on this first run. And if they did, he just swung it right back at whoever threw it at him. And, you know, so he gets back, he, he drops his canister off. And I believe by then Kyle's back up and he runs across. Doesn't he get one? And then he gets knocked off into the, into the water. Cause they lost a couple, right? Cause weren't there like 10 canisters total. So on Kyle's first attempt or second attempt, he makes it back to like the corner, almost to where he needed to be. And he drops it. Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. See, he was so frustrated. Kyle's a good competitor, but I've heard a couple of people say this. You get him above water by like 10 feet and he just loses all ability. And it was kind of proven in this. You get that with a lot of competitors. We've even seen yeah. that on All Stars uh, when they were up there doing the uh, the puzzle and the bottom dropped out from under you. You see people that not want to attempt it or like do it as fast as they could and like oh, nope, yeah. it's good enough. I don't want to touch it again, <laughs> so I'm gonna fall and I have to prepare. But yeah, you know when I first saw the trailer for this, just to back up a little bit, you see him up above water. I didn't see the blue balls yet, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's gonna be trivia. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a child. No, it's okay. I I, I purposely did that in the four the four pick uh, recap. Let's <laughs> find those blue balls. <laughs> you know what my favorite planet is Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> sorry, God, I'm surrounded by children. You are. I'm sorry, Josh. Please continue. You were saying CT. CT even uses the uh, one of the things being thrown at him to his advantage to help him land on the end of it to secure the canister. So there's nothing you can do that's or two CT to stop him from getting that canister back. Look, I'm going to be honest watching this. I had the impression that yeah, CT is going to do good because he typically always does in heights over water. Like he seems not to lose that edge that we were talking about, like people like Kyle you lose. But I was not expecting him to come out there looking like fucking Desmond Howard returning a kickoff and doing the Heisman post the whole damn time. Like they were trying to hit him with those sh- those balls and he was dodging them. They were bouncing off him. Didn't matter. And then if they did catch him and he almost lost balance, he would grab onto the, the rope connecting it and use that, like you said, to his advantage to stay on and then hold it and throw it back at the other team. Long story short, I mean, don't get me wrong. I want to give props to Emmy and Kyle because they didn't quit. You know, they just kept going and kept trying. They couldn't get shit done, but they kept doing it. So I give them props for that. But it was really the CT show seven times in a row. Didn't drop one. Didn't fall. Shit. I don't think he slipped one time. He looked like he was just running up a couple steps, down a couple steps, up a couple steps, down a couple steps, turn around, do it over again. Yep. And, you know, it was like second nature. It was, it was extremely impressive. I'll give him that. And so Sapphire ends up finishing with seven total canisters 
all of which done by CT. And even TJ <laughs> calls out and says how good of a job CT did. And I thought that was cool because you really never see that kind of interaction too often of where he really like commends someone on a good job. He killed it. Yeah, he did. Yeah, but you know what? That's a really good point because I did notice that too is that it's been a really long time since we've actually like we've and I'm sure that it actually happens more often than what we are shown. Yeah. But it's been a really long time since they've given us clips of TJ either, you know, complimenting the players during a challenge or talking shit to them during a challenge aside from trivia. Like that's normally the only time we ever really get those side comments from TJ about how they're performing. And so it was really nice because even later in the in the episode, he calls he calls a couple people out. You know, he he compliments CT and a couple others, which we'll get into. Uh, but I did like that they gave us those scenes because it just I feel like it just adds to e- the relationship that that TJ really does have with these people, even though he doesn't spend time in the house with them. He's not allowed to really interact or engage with them while they're like on set filming. And he's even said that he doesn't really have anything to do with the challengers outside of filming because he just doesn't want to cross those lines of potentially like being accused of like favoritism or anything like that. So it's just, it's nice for, for them to kind of give us these scenes where it shows that they do have some sort of a relationship. A rapport. Yeah. A rapport. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's a better word. A a good rapport. Yeah. Anyways, like we were saying, Sapphire team finishes with seven canisters done relatively quick with CT slash Desmond Howard fucking doing a Heisman high stepping all the way back up next was a Ruby team. And I'm just going to preface this with the fact that we've got to come up with a new name because Ruby team doesn't really describe them good enough. Like I want them to be like the team for misfit Island or some shit, (laughs) you know, like, I'm sorry. Like I hate to say it this way, but you look at them on paper and on paper, they look fucking stacked. You got Nelson, Tori and Logan and Logan is no joke as a rookie. And all these people can say all this shit they want to about rookies, but I can see Logan taking out a lot of different bets and some different competitions. With that being said, you put those three together on a team, call it Ruby, and they can't do shit. Yeah, it's like they're a bunch of layups <laughs> that just got put all on a team together because nobody else wanted them. And it's like, I, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it that you would think that they would do so much better than this. But it makes me wonder if it had, you know, again, if it goes back to that, that connection thing, you know, that was something that Emerald had is they were all really close friends. They had a really good bond and a really good connection and they all wanted to be there. Like Nelson's got a really negative attitude about being on Ruby and he's sour about it. You know, Tori's sour about it. And she, I mean, she's trying to accept it, but she's sour about it. You know what I mean? So it's like, it it messes with the dynamic in my opinion. Or, or Nelson's cursed when it comes to daily challenges. How cursed? Like 51 in a row cursed. 51 in a row. Yeah. Is that an actual number? Or are you being a smart? No, right I'm no, going no, off of a post number. earlier. Um, I don't, I, I know it's, it's fairly accurate. It might not be a hundred percent accurate, but it wow. is with plus or minus four or five. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I saw the post about somebody. I, I thought they were just making a joke no, about how Nelson, tiny, about how Nelson has lost as many daily challenges as CT has won. Yes. Um, 
yeah, 51 losses. And the fact that it's not 51 losses over his career, it's 51 losses in a row. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a curse for sure. The audacity of that curse. <laughs> the the Ruby team has had a different combination, and no matter what lands on Ruby, it doesn't come up with a W. No, it really doesn't. They they get close, and you know, and but it just it just doesn't I, happen for them. They, they somebody definitely has pissed off the challenge gods on that team. And it sounds like it's Nelson. Jeez. Might be. I mean, look, without, with all that being said, I'll give them a lot of credit because they go full send every fucking challenge. Like Nelson was out there looking like he was fucking Neo in the matrix, dodging those fucking balls coming out. I mean, <laughs> lean, leaning back. He was He's like <laughs> ducking under him, side he, him. He was trying juking. I mean, like I'm pretty I, sure he still got rocked a few times and knocked in the water though. So. Oh yeah. For <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah I, I'm still wasn't a very good matrix, but you know, it, it had its moments. Um, I think they got a couple canisters. I want to say two and both two. of them were by Logan. Oh, was it two? I thought uh, it was maybe three. three. It might have been three. I was under the impression but it was only two, but either way, with that being said, it was all Logan. The one highlight of them going was, and speaking for the fandom here, not for myself, one of the big highlights was Tori's going across. Um, she's kind of like slithering across because she's already fallen and she goes to get back up. And apparently, Emmanuel lets one go and hits her and knocks her off. And as she's falling, Amanda starts commenting, and I don't want to mess up the quote, so I'm going to turn that to you because I know you're the quote master at this, Karina. I mean, I'm going to turn to Josh because I know Josh is the quote master at this for Amanda because he's the Amanda fan here. So pretty much Amanda is like, she cuts in with her confessional and she's like, yeah, Tori, fall, fall in the water, die. Wait. Don't die. That's that's a little too far. But fall in the water, like something like that. I I don't know. Was, I didn't like fucking memorize it because. Uh, no. Yeah, no, I get but, that. But um, it was kind of funny though. It was funny, but what was even funnier about that situation to me is that Tori ended up actually responding to this. Amanda's confessional on her Instagram story <laughs> after the episode aired, and she like showed a little clip of it or whatever. And it's like she like goes to her face and she's like, "That's the nicest thing she's ever said about me." <laughs> like. That shit had me rolling. I I loved it. Look, I'm I want to get Amanda on the podcast, and we'll start talking about Tori with her. And we're gonna we're gonna mend these fences. It's people helping people. Powerful shit, right there. I don't know if you can. Uh, no, I'm just talking shit. It's not gonna. I know, no, no. Even even if we tried, even if we tried, Amanda's Amanda. She likes who she likes, and if she don't, she don't fuck with you. And I, that's what I like about her. Y'all can give me shit all you want, and yeah, it's hard to defend her these last couple episodes. It's hard for me to step up and be like, shut up. But you know, she kind of does it to herself. But it's you know, that's what I like about her. Look, I was talking to Karina about this earlier, <laughs> and. You know, we're we're really blessed because we're in a position where we get to talk to some of our favorite challengers and sometimes not even our favorite challengers. Some of the characters that we don't like on the show, but talking to each of these individual people, you realize that that's exactly who they are, individual people. And we've heard stories about Amanda coming around the house and being like, come on, pussies, get it together. We're making a TV show. And it gives me that like she's trying to like kind of rile people up to make good tv and she knows her role there and she plays that role well so i appreciate what she brings to the to the table you know what i mean i think it's interesting and 
you know, not everybody's going to be bananas and CT and point production the right way. They're going to have to just create drama on their own. I give Amanda credit for doing that. Right. People get picked to come back on the show for a particular reason. And there's certain dynamics and she definitely brings it. You're going to get something good from her. With that being said, that's a lot of credit to Amanda. I didn't want to give, but I did. So Ruby team ends up finishing with three total cancers, two total cancers. Who, I'm I'm sticking by it's two. You guys sticking by it's three. Somewhere who, in there, guys. I'm gonna call it. I'm gonna call it two and a half canisters. Um, <laughs> which it doesn't really matter because we know Sapphire already has seven, so we already know Ruby's out. And right. up next, last is Emerald, and Emerald consists of Amanda, Nani, Casey, Devin, and Emmanuel. And when they go up, they, you know, the guys pretty much realize that, hey, we've got to win this. Otherwise, one of us is more than likely going to go in, which when you start thinking about it, yeah, if Sapphire ends up winning this, more than likely it's going to be rookie, rookie. I mean, that's what everybody's thinking. It's going to be Logan and Emmanuel. So the pressure's on, and you can actually really see it on Devin's face. He knows how close they are to the final, how much this daily means. And uh, it's interesting to see that competitive fire come out of him because he's not typically edited that way. Um, He's more of like, as we like to call him, the intellectual instigator. But to see that competitive fire come out was, uh, was a nice change of pace, I thought. Yeah, I absolutely love seeing that. I mean, obviously, everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Devin. We're all pretty much, you know, huge fans of Devin. So I love seeing this competitive nature in him and kind of seeing, you know, kind of seeing the pressure on on him because it forces him to react. And when he reacts, he typically does pretty well. And, you know, we we see it in this in this daily, obviously, Emmanuel goes first, and he, as he's crossing over this this bar, this plank, he gets about I think about three quarters of the way down, and he gets absolutely rocked by a bomb that Tori throws at him. And I thought that was so funny. It cuts to his little confessional, and he's like, "No, baby, why would you do that to me?" <laughs> she roots for him with her heart. <laughs> So to go back to Tori, though, is she's on her team and she's all for her team, no matter who her friends are, no matter what side she's on, what what deal she's made. She's all about her team. And she's and it was proven right then and there. She had a chance to hit him and she did. I was proud of her. She she didn't just like throw her little ball. No, she like threw that thing at him like she (laughs) rocked him off that which was cool then i think the next next person to go was amanda and she just straight jumps off she's like fuck this shit i'm not even doing it yeah next up was nani she makes she surprisingly makes it all the way across it's because actually nobody swung on her because they knew why knock her in that still leaves a canister there they were waiting for her to get to the other side to get get it they're doing the smart yeah and she realized it as soon as she got over there and she was like all right i'm gonna just jump and then I believe Casey went up after that and uh, Casey made it all the way down or close to the end and then fell, if I remember correctly, because she didn't make it her first go. Um, she got knocked off and then Devin went and Devin decided that he was going to do his best fucking impression of CT. And it was damn near spot on because he looked like fucking Steve Young hurtling over those fucking steps and getting that other side, grabbing that canister. I was thoroughly impressed. Like, look, 
we sit here and we joke and like we were talking about it, I think last recap or the recap before that where Nelson's like, you know, he'd rather sit there and drink a six pack and play pool. And it's like, fuck yeah, dude, I want to do that too. But he put on, you know, he put on the the jets when he needed to. And it was impressive. Watched him get across that, grab that cancer and come right back. And damn near, like I said, look just like CT doing it. He, he did. He gave it his all. And I was just like, oh man, I can't remember what I said. Um, we're sitting here watching it and Devin said something and Audra was like, oh yeah, he's, he's, he's no CT. Oh wait, maybe he is. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was, it, look, um, of all the people up there that were going to perform and do as well as CT did up there, because really CT set the bar so high at the beginning, you know, I kind of leaned more towards, it was going to be like a Manuel or Nelson, you know, I thought Nelson was going to probably be really close to it, but to see Devin put on that kind of show was, was impressive. And you know what? So fuck the haters. Devin's looking more and more like a top tier player this year. And I'm here for it. Well, look, and this is the way that I see it. If you're an old school fan, then you know, this back in the older seasons, it was very customary to send in one of the better competitors or, you know, your biggest rival or whatever to make them go first in the daily challenge so that you can see how it's done. Right. Great. You got lucky having CT up first with this and he literally shows you exactly how to do this. Why, why did nobody else besides Devin copy this strategy? Because basically all that CT was doing and what Devin ended up doing is they were just moving too fast by the time that that the other cells had released the quote unquote bombs, they were already gone because they were just moving too fast. And that was kind of the point is you have to move faster than, and then you don't have to even worry about those, those bombs being thrown at you. It's like, but nobody else, what nobody else paid attention and thought to like, Hey, this guy just absolutely murdered this challenge. Let me take some, you know, let me take a page out of his book. Like, no, nobody, nobody thought, okay, great. All right, cool. Let's just all just keep falling in the water. Like, I just, I, I, it made no sense to me, but of course, yes, Devin is smart. He's a, he's, he's a, a tactical player. He plays with strategy and he copied kind of what CT did and just moved faster than those bags could and just ran across, didn't even really stop to think about it, just kept it moving and, and he killed it. Well, like Tori said in our podcast two days ago, she's like, after they explain it, all the rules and everything, they go back and they talk about it. They all look at Devin and are like, all right, can you explain this? Tell us what our strategy is and let's do it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I think that this was one of those times where Devin actually looked to somebody else for strategy, or maybe he had this idea in his head already. It, that's very quite possible that it wasn't necessarily him copying CT. Maybe he just already had the same strategy, but I don't know. I I still stand by what I said. I don't understand why nobody else, like literally even the females, like nobody tried the approach of moving across that thing quick enough to where you're just one side to the other and the bombs don't have time to even touch you, let alone knock you off. Right. It was all about timing and nobody took advantage of it. How many uh, total did, uh, did Emerald end up getting? So, uh, seven. yeah, seven. seven. Yeah, se- seven. <laughs> seven. 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 
Uh, yeah, Emerald ends up with seven as well. So this this game kind of comes down to time. So, of course, we don't know anything until, T- well, we're not supposed to know. I, I don't know if they were trying to hide the winner with the edit, but to me it didn't really work because as soon as I, I knew that it was going to come down to time, I was like, Sapphire won this because CT like move faster than anybody on Emerald and Emerald had so many more people to cycle through before their main players could, you know, continue to get the capsules, meaning Devin and, and Casey. And I think a Manuel got, got one across maybe. Well, and this was one of the few times that having a smaller team was to the benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they didn't have to wait as long for their team to rotate through to their next turn. CT could just keep going, keep going as they're waiting for Emmy and Kyle to get the fucking Navy SEALs ladder. Yeah, especially because CT didn't fall in. So like that really, really helped. I think Devin got knocked off once and I think Casey got knocked off once or twice. So that really hindered their time as well. So look, I think. As easy as CT made that look, he probably could have smoked a cigarette and done that all at the same time. Like, he really made it look that easy. I I don't want to undersell this or oversell it, but it was a walk in the fucking park for him. And the dude's 41 years old, competing with some people that are damn near half his age, and he's showing them up. And not showing them up on the first daily or the second, no, probably the last or next to the last daily pretty much guaranteeing him another spot into the final, you know? And it's just like, I don't think we can really oversell how impressive it is in my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we finally get the confirmation from TJ, of course, that Sapphire had the quickest time and, you know, so they are officially the agency. It was uh, CT's 55th daily win too, which was pretty impressive nonetheless. Right. Yes. Yeah. So this is this marked CT's 55th daily win. Um, And he even gave a little confessional about it. And, you know, I just, I always love those little confessionals where he talks about his accomplishments because it's like, you would almost expect a little bit more like vibrato and ego from someone with CT stats and the things that he's not even just his stats, but just the things that he's been able to achieve on this show. And he's still like almost, it's almost like he's still surprised himself that he was able to, you know, have 55 daily wins, have, you know, uh, three championships, you know, have like all these accomplishments that, that people, that a lot of people have tried to achieve and haven't been able to, you know, and, and he even talks about how he's achieved so many things. And the next thing that he's after is, you know, winning, uh, back to back seasons and just that little smile on his face. It's like, he doesn't quite know if he can do it. And, you know, he's a little unsure of himself, but I don't know. I just, I really, really like who he is grown into just real quick i thought it was really great when like you said they went to the confessional and he was like yeah what is that at 55 not like i'm keeping count or anything <laughs> like i i thought that was cool it's like he he knows i i have an appreciation for the fact that he knows where he ranks in the history of the challenge oh he knows and it's like you know it's kind of like that tom brady-esque type of attitude where it's like you know i don't have to say i'm the best but i do have seven rings on my finger so the ct knows he's on the males mount rushmore of the challenge oh yeah it's not even a question no no not at all i mean every guest that we've asked on the podcast you know who's your men's mount rushmore ct's been named every single time 
Except for Marlon. Marlon's the only person who did not put CT on his Mount Rushmore. Okay, I stand corrected. That is 100% correct. <laughs> I thought he Marlin. did. No, he did not. Well, you know what? Marlon Marlin does have a bit of a rivalry there, and I give him that. But I think if you if you ask Marlon deep down in his heart. But he did, he did verbally credit CT as being one of the greatest to ever play the game, but he did not actually like put yeah, him yeah, on He was the honorable mention. Himself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> He's number five. <laughs> right. If we're, if we're, uh, if we're going by Tori's description, I guess CT would be the, the little tiny rock built at the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> fucking accurate, actually. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. So when we go back into the house from that amazing daily. So I fuck, I'm sorry. I fuck, up, like- I fuck up once in a while. And then Karina <laughs> gives me the death stare and it stops Josh because it's so fucking awkward. And I'm sitting here like, oh my God, I'm going to get beaten like a little child. Like I've just disrespected my mother. And fuck. Like, sorry, I'm not perfect. Please love me. Please. You know what? I, I did my fucking best. All right. I did my best. This is, <laughs> you get the mom look. Okay. I have to edit these. Okay. Well, it's, you get the mom. Dane Cook. Yes, exactly. I did my best. <laughs> yeah. Wait, you're having a tough day? Yeah, I'm having a tough life. I was in Korea. His <laughs> 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 <Is> dad. <laughs> one day this will all be yours. Oh my God. Can I get a fucking one watch? Jesus. Back to the challenge. <laughs> I hope you don't edit this out. This is so- glorious. When we come back into the house, it's freaking all cheerleading this, cheerleading that. Can't believe we did it and we won. And it's Kyle and Emmy. (laughs) They're just hugging each other. Like they just accomplished the most. I I don't even know. Like they got the cure for cancer and it was all because of them. Yeah, it was hilarious. I do like how, how like. I like how Kyle acknowledged that it was like kind of a joke. And he was like, you know, we really, we won because of CT or whatever. I think that was in the confessional that he did it, but that yeah. was so hilarious. I loved it. I thought it was really funny. It's, it's totally Kyle. It's totally Kyle. Every single second of that was all Kyle. And you could tell Emmy just kind of played into it because she knew she didn't do a fucking thing either. And, you know, and I, I like it. I, you know, they made the moment kind of fun. I don't think that anyone really was like taking them super serious. And if they were, then they're, you know, crazy. But it was it was cute. I personally liked it to see that it, it, it was cute. It was funny. But, you know, CT is nowhere to be found. He's already in the shower. Yeah, he don't care about all that. <laughs> and that's the thing, like. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying a a minute ago where, you know, like CT doesn't have this huge like ego and stuff, but it's almost like he gets surprised with himself when he reaches these achievements and accomplishes these things. But at the same time, it's almost like he still just expects to win. Like when he wins a daily or whatever, it's just cool. That's what was supposed to happen. You know, it's not like this huge like thing to him. It's just cool. Yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. So great. And, you know, and I, I love that. But yeah, so we we get the little celebration from Kyle and Emmy there. The who's the hers? <laughs> yeah, as everybody's going back up the stairs, he's just yelling Tori up got, there. 
Tori got hot on his ass. Like, (laughs) I can't even remember what she said. She's like, you know what, Kyle? You win one goddamn thing. She even told him, she's like, you didn't even do anything. (laughs) Maybe handle it with some respect and some decorum. I don't know if that's what she said, but I just, decorum is the word of the day for me. Apparently, yes. Ricky brings us a new allegedly. And with that being said. With that being said. Nonetheless. (laughs) I don't mind fucking sticking myself with jokes all the time and it's what i do nonetheless anyways anyway so uh we get this fun little scene another little filler scene they get like get to go out to this fancy dinner um they have seafood and wine and dessert and everybody's happy and blah 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 blah. that seafood looked bomb as fuck though it really did look good I, I mean, it shit. made me so fucking, hungry. Like but do you not monster. do you not like it when they're having happy moments there, Karina? No, I do. But like, we're at the end of the season now. Like, I want to see some fucking cat fights. I want to see some exciting shit. I want to see some alliances blow up. I want to see like I I want the crazy shit. Like, we're at the end now. Why is everybody being nice? So because we're at the end. Yeah, and, and this is Boom. the wrong the wrong season for that. You know, this is a season of alliances. It's like the it one is. season <laughs> in the not, last 36 that a full alliance has lasted this long. But they're not all in an alliance together. Like, we're getting to the end. You guys are going to have to separate at some point. So, like, I want to s- see those lines start being drawn. Like, where is that line going to be in Emerald? I think that's what I want to start seeing, you uh, know, but they've still they're just still this super tight knit team, this this group where it's like, do they think that they're going to be running this final together? Like, I I I don't know. I think they are under the impression that this is going to be a final similar to cutthroat at this point. Like they under under the impression that it's going to be a three team final and whatever team you're on is going to run the final as is. Well, we've only seen another a big alliance make it to the end like this um, with um, what they called Cars Cult, and we saw how that ended. So to see another to see another huge alliance here at the end, you know, and I and I get it, Karina. The fireworks are gonna gonna go. It's just we don't see him here. I I think I was just. <laughs> no, I really think it's just a formatting issue this year. It, I I, th- I I just I don't know. For me, like this was just one of those episodes. Like last week, Rick went off about how you know last episode just wasn't very exciting for him. This was my boring one where I was just like I kept waiting for even just one little exciting kind of thing to happen um, on the political and social side. Obviously, we got a really great performance in the daily from from CT from Devin, you know, but. On the political, the social side, like it, this was just one of those like dull episodes for me where I'm just like, Bleh. like, OK. Right. Because you don't really see anything at the dinner. You don't see anybody like scheming really big. There's just a bunch of chit chatter. You know what's coming down to the end. And yeah. it was forced interaction. It was it, yeah. it was Ruby talking about like, well, more than likely one of you guys are going in. And yeah, you know, it, but here's my thing. I to me, it's cliche of what happens every single year except for like total madness and double agents because those are oddball years one they were in a bunker the other was uh once again the height of the pandemic but every other year when it gets close to the final like one elimination away they typically do some type of thing like this where they go on a boat trip or 
you know, I'm thinking Rivals 3 when it was like Bananas and Sarah and Vinny and Jenna and Corey and Ashley and they go out on the boat. It, it, that's just what it reminded me of. And I saw it and it didn't really bother me. It, yeah, the force interaction with Ruby was kind of bad. Um, the force interaction with the Emerald because it just, it feels forced. And I, I get where you're coming from. There isn't a lot of tension or drama. But with that being said, I think it's made up for that in what happens next in the nomination ceremony, because you do get some tension in there, albeit it isn't the normal type of tension, but it is some tension. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. And I, you know, I'm kind of going to the, to the boat thing from, from rivals three. The only difference I see there is, you know, for example, like that, that boat day in rivals three, that was the lines being drawn because bananas and Sarah were forced to pick people to take with them. It wasn't like a whole house thing. Like I'm happy that they got to go out and have a good night out, have some awesome food, got to dress up and all of that, even though like Dory made it clear that really nobody wants to do these things. But just as a viewer, like I almost would have rathered like a club scene, like see them go out and have fun and see what happens in those, you know, those dark corners of the club conversations. Those are the ones that I prefer to see. And that's just a, that's just a personal preference, you know? Yeah. And, and I, I completely get that. I think once again, it's just a formatting issue. You know, when we're talking about rival three, where Johnny's drawing the lines in the sand, that's a bananas move to do anyways, towards the end. Once again, that's also based on the formatting of that season that him and Sarah ran that whole fucking season and could choose whoever they wanted to bring to the finals. You know, where this one is, it's really about a large alliance that a majority of that alliance is still left there. Hmm. Makes sense. Okay. I mean, I'm just trying to rationalize it. It doesn't mean I'm right. I'm I mean, usually I, I, wrong. I kind of feel I kind of feel like you're you're saying that like I, I miss bananas gameplay. Is that look I, I, that's feel, what I heard. Oh my god. I don't even know how to take that right now. People have their opinion on bananas, but he plays a very pivotal role in this game. I think it's the same as, you know, when CT's not on the season or when you don't have those heavy hitters. Could you imagine how dull this last two seasons would have been if Darrell, Leroy, or CT haven't been on them? Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I was just... It'd be the fussy you know, show. Nobody yeah. wants that. Nobody wants that. Edwin no, I, I actually... Edwin as, does want that. Edwin, yo, shout out to Edwin because he is the most hardcore Fessy fan I know. Yes. And I respect that just for the dedication alone. So there you go, Edwin. And I love shout how out. we don't even have to specify who Edwin is. Just everybody is going to know who Edwin is. Literally yeah. everybody in the fandom will know who Edwin is. <laughs> you know what, Edwin, when you hear this, post a Fessy scene for us. <laughs> so can we talk about amanda's look in her confessional morticia like, exactly bro that's look like she she looked good but i got heavy morticia vibes on it heavy morticia vibes how on it and i thought dare it was, you how dare you insult morticia like that look it's only an insult because you don't like amanda I just don't find her pretty like that. I, I don't know. Do you have something against freckles? Is that what it is? No, actually, I really like freckles. I think maybe it's just her. That's fair. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Just saying she had some Morticia. Maybe maybe not quite Morticia. Maybe Wednesday Adams trying to be pretend to be Morticia. But nonetheless, she had some Morticia vibes. I think that one. I think that she had her tits out and all the guys are excited. And I think that that's what happened. So, 
Well, I mean, boobs out is never a bad thing. I mean, think about it. There was a long time for a long run there that the slogan was tits out for Harambe. <laughs> just being honest. Anyway. You know what? None of this would have happened if Harambe you, was still I alive. I can't believe you just interrupted me and cut me off from this for Amanda and her shirt. Look, her I boobs. just I just want to make sure we're being fair. Like I want to make sure we give attention to everybody. Did I show. did I even bring attention to the fact that CT had an amazing no amazing fucking workout edit this this you, episode? Yes, you, know you did. What? You just did. You know what? And because you waited till this point to bring it up, I'm going to shut the fuck up. So is Josh, and have your moment in the sun. What moment? I just said it. Well, you can recap it in slow motion. You didn't see him lifting those two weights, dead pressing that shit. You're dumb. Okay, moving on. Anyway. (laughs) You could almost hear him like mumble as he was doing it. Like it it was a lot of weight, but he made it look fucking easy. I mean, dudes, dudes in shape for being in his 40s. I give him that doesn't really mean anything like being in your 40s. That's I think. Yeah, it really doesn't. I mean, then you look at like Mark Long, who's in his 50s, what is he like 52? Still killing it. It fucking looks amazing. I guess it's just that, you know, that preconceived notion you have from being a kid. Like when you're eight years old and you think of someone who's 40, you're like, oh, they're a fucking old man. (laughs) But now that we're almost 40, we're like, that's not old at all. That's not really that old. But, you know, it's I just almost 40. Josh is like, fuck you guys. (laughs) All right. Look, Josh. Josh might be breaking the 4-0 mark, but he doesn't look a day over 22. I don't know about 22. You're right. That's that's yeah. that's 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 a little much. You're right. You're right. It's probably like 19. I think when I first met you, we did like that that uh like guess how old I am thing, and you sent in a picture, and I was like, bro, you've got to be like 31, 32, and like max, max, I will give you 34, 35. <laughs> like I meant that shit. I was no, nope, I'm 43 at that time. Yeah, See, like I'm the exact opposite. Like I'll send in my picture and be like, "Guess your age," or "Guess my age." And they're like, 50. They're like, "What are you about 46?" I'm like, "Motherfucker, I'm 35." God damn! Like, don't get me wrong. It's been a hard 35 years, but not that hard. I always get really young too. Like, well, not really young, but I'll get like like 26, 22. 25, like 21. right around there. Oh, you're dumb. Let's move on. Let's move like, on. Like when she's at home doing her home things, she's like. 35 but when she's on tiktok she's like 22 bro look like i i don't even want to talk about it i'm just gonna get in trouble she's gorgeous all the time i'm not saying she's not i'm just saying oh my god okay look no hold on hold on you're gonna edit this out but i'm just no this is a lot of editing you're making me work right now getting the nominations (laughs) and what were you gonna say no do it i don't even we're already here as we get into the deliberations, <laughs> is it deliberations or nominations? Del- I would d- deliberation. I, I it's a nomination. I don't know. Call like, it whatever. Like I feel like I'm always gonna mispronounce it, and like instead of saying elimination, I'm gonna say like did, they did, got did, evicted. Did. Like evicted. Yeah, they're gonna get evicted, like Big Brother or something. Oh God, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> like fucking banana's been evicted this week. Mm-hmm. Okay, it sounded funnier in my head than it did out loud. Yeah, he's back to bananas. He really misses bananas. He does. He really wants bananas to come back. Bananas, B A N A. Uh, Yo, on a little bit of a spoiler tip, though, I heard bananas might be on Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother. 
I, I, I heard it's that too. Rumor. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Rumor has it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hold up. I get in trouble for talking about bananas, but y'all can sing whenever you want. I want to get on we this do. train. We do what we want. I like it. It's All cute right. when we do it. That is true. It's disgusting when I do it. Anyways, into the deliberations. Anyway, so, just do it because, like, now I don't even know what you, I was... you, you done pissed off the boss. I know I did. It's what I do really well. We're going to get fired. Well. I know. She's um, going to replace us. I'm going to start doing recaps by my fucking self. <laughs> like, we're going to come re- in. She's going to have Tony just say his name's Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's going to be Josh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, anyway, so we move into deliberation. And while there might not be a bunch of fireworks, there are some really awkward moments in this deliberation. It's oh, my honestly- gosh. Yeah, so honestly, boring. one of the most awkward, weird, just I I can't even I don't even know a word that describes how incredibly surprising this entire deliberation was, or at least a certain specific part of it. So we get down there and Sapphire pretty much lets everybody know, look, we don't know what we're doing, even though they already pretty much knew what they were doing. Right. But they want to play it up. They want everybody to to speak their piece, give their stories, beg for their lives, whatever, make their offers, all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, Devin kind of starts first. And of course, everybody's just going around saying that. They don't want to go down there. They don't want to be the agency vote. It's getting close to the end. They've done a lot of work for everybody else. It's the same old story that, you know, we've been seeing in deliberation for the last couple of weeks. Everybody taking credit for everybody else being there in one way or another and trying to call in, you know, favors. You know, Devin's kind of thing is like, hey, look, I've won quite a bit this season and I've never come after either of you guys, any of you guys. So. I expect, you know, the favor to kind of be repaid. And, you know, this was something we actually didn't touch on this, but this was something that him and Kyle had actually previously discussed. Kyle had told Devin that he was going to do what he could to try to keep Devin safe in order to pay him back for everything that Devin has done to keep Kyle out of elimination throughout the season. And so, you know, Devin's pretty much calling in those favors, you know, Nelson, kind of same thing you know he's like look i don't want to be the agency vote but if i gotta go down there i gotta go down there and logan kind of gives the same thing right you know nobody's really giving sapphire a reason to or not to put them in and then we get around to emmanuel (laughs) so emmanuel's comes in and it's his time to uh plead why he should not be the agency vote and I'm going to go ahead and quote exactly what he said to not be the agency voter. You guys ready? Yes. Ready. All right, here we go. Riveting, right? That was- I mean, I'm pretty sure that you actually made more noise than Emmanuel you, you, you did with the ice cup there. Yeah, but that was that was top line shit right there. Karina, how was uh, what was uh, CT's reaction? Oh my God. CT was so irritated. Like you could see the frustration all over his face. He's sitting there. He's waiting. He's trying to be patient. Right. But this is CT like patience in this game with CT is, is not something that you want to test. Okay. And Emmanuel is fucking testing it. 
and he continues to test it. And it seems like this actually goes on for a minute before CT snaps. And he's like, dude, one of you guys needs to say something to save your lives because this is just, this is getting out of control now. Like, this is ridiculous. Everybody's just sitting here quiet. Nobody here is safe. Like, why is nobody saying anything? Say something to save yourself. And again, he, he, he replies with literal fucking silence. Says nothing, nothing. And if I remember correctly, Tori even like, or and Emmy, and she's like, say something like, tell us why you should not be going in. And, and he still just sits silent and says nothing. Disappointing. Disappointing. You're coming down to the end and you don't want to say anything. I know that this is your first time playing the game. And this goes back to, you know, one of my favorite questions for the rookies is like, did you do your homework? Did you watch these up any of the seasons before you came in? Now's the time to speak up. It's your last chance before you go on the chopping block. And if your answer is nothing or I don't want to be the vote, you're not helping your cause. Yeah, literally. Like, I mean, and maybe this is a bit exaggerated, but Emmanuel pretty much just like told CT to go fuck himself as he's sitting there asking him, why do you not like, why should I not vote you down? And by literally just like ignoring him, and not saying anything like he could have at least even said, you know what? I don't care. Send me fucking down. I don't care. Like, say something. Right. What, like, he, what is this? Emmanuel had that energy when he was like daring Kyle to call him down. Where's that energy now? Bok, 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 bok. Yeah. And now he has nothing to say, including to send him down or not send him down. It's, he's just like, I don't want to go down. Okay, well, great. Nobody does, bro, but somebody has to fucking go. Yeah, here, I'm going to be the devil's advocate on this. I don't think he was just awkwardly silent and literally didn't say shit. I think he probably stumbled in the beginning and what he was trying to say and then got quiet and it got edited to look that way. Production cut it to look as if it was just an awkward ass silence. I don't think he was putting up a good argument, but at the same time, like, being a devil's advocate what do most people do when you give them rope hang themselves, hang themselves. what did Emmanuel not do that I, I don't know about that he did a lot better than a lot of rookies i've seen hang themselves out there i watch bananas every fucking season once again i'll bring back bananas i'll bring back west i'll bring back <laughs> any of those people they give these fucking rookies some rope and they hang themselves they do it every time he didn't and because at the end of the day, when it came down to it, who was the agency vote? Logan. Not a man. Well, no, yeah, but I think that I think Sapphire knew they were going to vote in Logan before they even went in there because of a man. Well, and Emmy. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think they actually want to vote Logan in for a different reason. I, I think that they voted Logan down as the agency because they had a closer relationship with Logan than they did with Emmanuel. And they wanted Logan to be able to make his choice. You know, they're not going to they weren't going to send in Devin. CT wasn't going to do that because Devin hadn't come for him. And, you know, in CT's eyes, Devin's not really that big of a threat. So there's mm. no need to send him in. Right. If you send down Logan, who you're closer to and you want Logan to win, you send him down as the agency vote. And that way, if he decides he wants to go against De uh, Devin, 
then that's on him. That's that, you know, that decision doesn't sit on CT. It doesn't sit on Emmy and it doesn't sit on Kyle. So at that point, all three of them are clear and it just, you know, the decision falls on Logan. And I think that they did want Logan to come back. Quick hypothetical. I think they did it because yes, they wanted Logan to come back, but they want Logan to take Kyle's spot. Definitely. Yeah. I could absolutely see that, you know, CT doesn't trust uh, Kyle. And if Logan goes down and he wins, you know, that would have been, this would be his third elimination. Am I correct? Yeah. So that would be, that would be three eliminations if he went down and he won. And then he comes back to Sapphire and, you know, that's a solid team. Like switching out Kyle for Logan, like that's a pretty like fair trade out. And you're probably, it may even do better because like it's, it's almost an upgrade because, and maybe not even physically, because I think that Kyle and Logan could probably match up phys- physically pretty well. But as far as, you know, determination, drive, you know, endurance um, and, like brains <laughs> like Logan's not, you know, Logan was the only one who got capsules across for his team. So I, I, I think that is, is a fair assessment that they would have wanted Logan to switch over and, and take Kyle's spot. Exactly. Cause Kyle's always making mistakes. Yeah. Quote unquote mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. So from there, I mean, not a whole lot happens uh, after deliberation. We pretty much break right into the elimination. Um, And as we approach into the lair, we see these like these two like rockets, uh, you know, sitting um, sitting out on the sand. There's some space in between. There's a lever on one side, a lever on the other side. It's a really weird kind of setup. You can't even really look at this and be able to fully judge what kind of what kind of elimination this is going to be so this is what logan's walking into he's obviously been the agency vote and now he has to choose someone to go against in this and you don't even know what you're doing at this point logan had at one point said something about that it it almost looked like a puzzle to him like it could have possibly been some sort of a puzzle which was something that made him kind of lean away from choosing Devin. I don't know. It didn't look shit like a puzzle to me. It looked like me either. It looked like two plot or it looked like, you know, two stands with levers about 20 yards apart and a fucking rocket that was about four feet up in the air, splitting it in half. That's, that's what it looked like to me. I, I mean, I keep, I, I keep, I'm, I'm looking at it right now only because it's like paused on that scene. So I, when you first look at it and you see the levers on both sides, I could see where he could kind of get that be like, okay, well I have to go do something and then like put a lever a certain way on this side or on this side. Um, it's, it's definitely not lights out with Devin and no. bananas. <laughs> no, but I, I could see that. Just like Fessy when he threw Kyle in last year, didn't think it was a physical elimination when it was a giant fucking ring. Oh my God. That was <laughs> That was just, but that was stupid. I, I, that yeah, was completely yeah. different. Like this is one of those where it's like, you really don't know what the, cause it could have been a number of different things. And it's not something that we've really seen before. Like that was different. Like if you see a rope in the middle of the sand, some people are getting fucked up. Like there should never be a question about that. Uh, that was stupid. Yeah, no, I, right. I, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating for sure, but 
nonetheless, it didn't look like a puzzle to me. It looked like something that was going to have a physical aspect to it. And right. you know, most times on the challenge, especially <sighs> in the eliminations, most puzzles do have a physical aspect to it. I mean, just like last week with Big T and Emmy uh, having to, sw- you know, dive back into that fucking frozen bath <laughs> and swim back and forth. And, well, Kyle and Josh. Yeah, you know? exactly. Same thing. Anyways, so Logan comes down onto the the lair with uh, TJ and he gets to pick who he wants to go against. And, you know, and I'm honestly surprised looking at this, but knowing now what you guys are saying that he thought it was a puzzle, it makes a little bit more sense because initially I thought, you know, he's going to pick Devin just because Devin is quote unquote, the least physically intimidating guy left there. Right. Even though he was one of the most physically impressive guys in the daily this week or this episode. I think a lot of people were surprised when Logan decided to go with another rookie and choose a man well to come down there. I honestly didn't think he was going to pick him. I didn't think he was. I thought he was going to pick Devin or Nelson for sure. I, there was, it was without a doubt in my mind that that's who he was going to pick was one of those two for him to pick Emmanuel caught me off guard. And I'm not going to lie. Yeah, same. I mean, I, I really didn't I didn't expect that either. And it, I think, in fact, when we were watching the episode, I turned to Rick and I was like, oh, Devin's going to get called down, you know, and it was just based off the fact of like myself as a, you know, as a long term challenge fan looking at that. Like I knew right off bat that that wasn't a puzzle, but somebody new like Logan, who has never you know played the game before and very quite possibly, obviously, we don't know if he's gone back and watched like previous seasons or anything like that. So we have no idea what his like knowledge is for past challenges, past eliminations, et cetera. So Logan decides to, like Karina said, call down a Manuel to go down there and go against him in this elimination. And it turns out the basis of the elimination is you start at one lever. You, when TJ blows the horn, you have 15 seconds to run, hop over the missile, flip the lever on the other side, and then come back and then flip the home lever all within 15 seconds. And you know what? Looking at these two matchup, it's, in my opinion, a pretty solid matchup. You know, it's... Manuel has the endurance and the speed and Logan definitely has the endurance as well. So it's impressive to, to watch these two go back and forth at it. Right. So when you're seeing it in action, I almost want to give the edge to Logan because he's taller. He's the jumping. When you see some (laughs) taller people, it's just easier from the jump over stuff. And, but they're both very agile. They're very fast as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the one thing that kind of stood out to me uh, while they were doing this was the fact that it seemed like a Manuel was going a little bit harder in the beginning and maybe not pacing himself because um, he but he's just a fast guy as it is. So um, it was kind of hard to tell. And it seemed like Logan was more of a casual pace, but still making sure he had more than enough time to finish. And they go back and forth for a while. I mean, uh, it doesn't really let us know how long they're running back with 15 seconds, but after it seems like I would assume a good 10 to 15 minutes, TJ blows a horn and basically lets them know, Hey, you've got 10 seconds now to go from one lever, hop over the missile, flip the other level (laughs) lever, come back, flip this one. 
and they start going back and forth and you can tell it's they're having to push themselves a little bit and Manuel seems happy though because he says in his confessional like you know I've been waiting for this to uh, finally show off my speed, you know, and he starts kind of booking it. But at the same time, Logan doesn't seem to be having a hard time either. You know, like you said, he's a taller guy. Um, He's clearing that missile fairly easy while he's going back and forth. And it seems honestly like this is a really close, really close race. And even cuts to the different competitors sitting up top watching CT and Kyle are saying, shit, man, this could this could go all night if they if they let him. Right. They really could, because it doesn't look like there's that long of a distance. But the fact that you have to jump over it, do something and then come back, start and stop in the same motion. Had it not been played on sand, it probably could have gone all night. Oh, yeah. If it was done on like grass or something, I agree 100 percent. But, you know, as you're watching this, you're thinking, okay, so it's going to, this is going to be one of those that's going to take a while, but it's going to be a mental mistake where, where the game's either won or lost. Right. Right. And I think I was surprised that it happened as quickly as it did that mental surprise or that mental mistake, which was, I think Logan just being complacent, hopping over the missile on the way back to the original lever and his, I it looked like his foot touched the missile and caused him to lose his balance. And he uh, took a nosedive into the dirt. And by the time he hit the dirt and realized, you know, what was going on, it was too late. He wasn't going to be able to make it back. And, yeah. and Manuel wins the daily right or wins the elimination right there. And Emmy goes wild. Oh, Emmy went buck wild you see the the inner turmoil in tori with the fact that the guy she's you know kind of seen in the house but also her teammate being eliminated you know it's 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 a tough pill to swallow for her you know and i'm sure it is with a lot of people you know as far as like when they have those relationships built up with two different people in the elimination so a man well ends up winning uh so unfortunately uh we're having to say goodbye to logan which I know a lot of people aren't big on these rookies, but with them going, you know, him going two and one eliminations, winning a couple dailies, it was a solid outing for his first season. He wins this one. He might be the MVP this year or the rookie of the year this season. Right. And this was a discussion that you and myself had as, as well. You know, he wins this one. He's three and oh, Emmy's four and oh, you know, there's, there's your, your male and female rookie of the year. And then it's up to the, decide which one's better than the other one but you know after the elimination emmanuel's the winner tj hits us with a shocker oh yeah honestly i i had this feeling that there was going to be an announcement but i didn't expect this one this isn't what i was expecting i was expecting we would lose some people maybe by like a purge through a daily but not this way right when he comes out and says where are we we're in the layer. What do we do in the layer? We have eliminations. Well, we're going to have two more. <laughs> like, right. And look, so, <laughs> it, you know, we're going to dive into this and he doesn't really explain what that means other than we're going to have two more eliminations. We don't understand, you know, how those next two eliminations are going to be chosen. What kind of eliminations they are going to be? Who's going to be in them? Is Sapphire eligible to be in those eliminations, even though they won this previous daily you know, it's there's a lot of questions in the air, and uh, we know, get it, nothing. We get nothing cliffhanger, which challenge is really good at doing. And I'm here for the to be continued every time. That's a millennial fault right there, red flag. 
but it leaves your mind to wander to think of what's going to happen. Like who's going in and does this mean we're, we're in the final now we're going in the final after either probably I'm assuming this next episode is going to be kind of the lead up. And then the episode, the following week is going to be the actual start of the final. It's got that feel like we're going to come out. We're going to start with the eliminations, whatever they are, whoever they are, however it gets decided. And then all of a sudden it's going to be like, all right, pack your bags to our new location or, you know, whatever they may do. Yeah. I, I would like to think that they might go to a new location, but this day and age that we're living in with COVID, oh, right, 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 right. I've got the assumption yep. that, that they're probably going to stay there, but I wonder, you know, it, and it leads into the questions that everybody in the fandom is going to have. Is it going to be a two day final? Is it going to be a one day final? Is it going to be based on their current cells? Is it going to be individual teams or individuals or pairs? You know, how's this going to work? Um, and once again, to be continued, fucking TJ, give me every time, every time. But uh, no, I mean, so that pretty much uh, wraps up, wraps up this episode. You know, like Karina said, it, it it's a lot of character, or not even character development anymore. We're so fucking deep into the season. It's just, it's almost filler. Like, hey, we're at the very last part before the you know the final. Let's just get us through these episodes. And at least it ended with some excitement. So. You know, if I were going to put a scale of like a one to 10, I'd give this one probably like a six. Right. You know, overall, it wasn't it wasn't that bad, but I, I'm right there with you. It's it's it started off, you know, higher than a six. And then, you know, it brought itself down to a six. The elimination was was the letdown. Uh, had they had a better elimination other than that, it, it would be it would have been a whole lot better. The, the daily, the go from the daily that they had to that elimination was just a major letdown to me. Agreed. I, I think so as well. Um, I'm almost on the fence. Like, like some of these eliminations we've had have been kind of like head scratchers, like the one that Josh and Kyle did. And like, it was like, okay, yeah, it was great, whatever. But at the same time, like I get sick of seeing the same elimination over and over again. Like I just, I don't want to see hall brawl anymore. Like maybe once every two or three seasons, I don't need to see it every yeah. season, but bring back like balls in or pull. I like wrestle. balls in. Yeah. You know, like I like those physical eliminations, you know, bring in the giant light brights that Devin and bananas did. That was a cool elimination. That was, um, it was different. It would even be cool if they did something like the duel, but instead of having only three eliminations, they like upped it to like six or seven eliminations on a little wheel of fortune thing. Oh yeah. We'll choose. I think that'd be pretty cool too. And the one where Derek went in all the time. <laughs> yeah, every goddamn time. That was a crazy season. Anyways, we're getting <laughs> off the beaten path here. So like we said, it was a, uh, the episode was neither really great nor horrible, but you know, really just filler to get us to that final. And I know all of us here are, are for it and can't wait for that to, to happen. Yeah, the next one's going to be a banger. It's going to bring, we're already anticipating it already. And we're just now finishing talking about this episode. The next one, we're already there. Exactly, exactly. So, well, guys, we want to uh, thank you all for tuning back in for another episode of uh, Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable, where we got to recap episode number 17, Drop Dead Fred. So, once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening. We really do appreciate the support. And as always, if you guys want to know anything, you have any questions, 
hit us up on social media. We'll be happy to answer. Make sure you subscribe because we've got some uh, some fire guests coming for myself, Rick Hayes, my wife, Karina, Josh Chambers. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And until next time, we love you all.